You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, mamas, so excited to deliver this episode to you. It is with Eva Klein, founder of My Sleeping Baby, and her and I had such a fun conversation, and I think it's really going to support you to improve your sleep habits and your family's sleep habits in the coming year. Sleep is so important. It is imperative for delivering your best work and being your best self. There's no way around it. And even though we think we're superheroes, we really are not and we need sleep. And that probably involves getting your children, your babies um, on a better sleeping schedule as well. So I'm really excited to share Eva's wisdom with you and uh, it's a really fun conversation. Um, But before we do, I really want to share with you one of my favorite products for helping you, the mommy or the daddy, (laughs) sleep better and that is called Pure Rest from USANA. Um, If you're not familiar with USANA Health Science, it's the absolute best quality you can get on the market, online. It is the best of the best of the best and this is a high quality melatonin to help give your body a boost of melatonin melatonin to help you support your natural sleep and wake cycle. So if you work shift work or if you have a hard time falling asleep or even if you're like me and you could fall asleep anywhere, it helps to actually give you a like a better quality sleep. You will wake up feeling much more rested with melatonin. It's also incredible for traveling. If you travel for business or pleasure, this will really be your best friend as well. So check out Pure Rest. Uh, go to kristarialba.com. Kristarialba. Um, dot usana.com forward slash share. I'll also put it all over my social media um, and I'll put it in the show notes too. So check that out. It's called Pure Rest. Now, without any further delays, let's dive into this episode with my new friend, Eva. And I'm just so loving the season where I'm bringing you these conversations with incredible experts and resources to help you improve every aspect of your life. So let's dive in. Here we go. Welcome everyone. I'm so excited to be here with Eva. And um, I have to tell you how I met Eva Klein, the sleep expert I'm about to introduce you to. So on in the lovely world of Instagram, I was supporting a previous guest on our show, Lisa Canning, and entering her contest. To be honest, Eva, I didn't totally look at all of the details. I just kind of blindly entered this contest. (laughs) (laughs) So lo and behold, I was sleep deprived and in my inbox pops Eva and she was super sweet and was like, hey, like, you know, I don't even know exactly what you said, but you were like, you know, do you want to like, do you need help with yours, like your kids sleeping? What did you say? Yes. Well, because you had won the contest. I think what happened was I tagged you in an Insta story saying, yeah. you know, congrats. 
you know what I forget I forget your exact Instagram handle but like, and I totally missed that you know congrats like you won the you know contest and then you DM'd me saying like thanks so much for the mention and I was like yeah mm, it wasn't just a mess like you you won you won the contest and then that made me go are you tired do you need because one of the things that we were giving away I mean I was giving away was a mini consultation so I said do you want a book you know, our one hour call to talk about your little one's sleep issues. And I think that was when you realized, oh, I actually, oh, I won this. Oh, I thought you were just giving me a shout out. <laughs> no, I didn't even clue in at that point. So I was like, I don't know if I need, like, I literally thought you were just offering me a free sleep session. Like, I still didn't even right. know about the giveaway. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because I guess you were really while you were oh my gosh <laughs> so to everyone listening um my boys are nine and five and do I need Eva's services we're gonna find out but I right. responded that it was probably too late because <laughs> my nine-year-old still needs someone to sleep with him to fall asleep and most mornings I wake up in not my bed right. one of their beds so yeah. Well, I want to assure you, and this is what I tell people of little ones of all ages, it's never too late to change up sleep habits and introduce new ones if the current habits that you've got are not working for you. So yes. listen, is it is it easier and a little bit more straightforward with a six-month-old? For sure. But a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, I mean, we're, we're not talking a 90-year-old. You know, we're not talking trying to teach an old dog new tricks here. You know, there's still kids that can absolutely adjust to a, you know, consistent sleep plan, right? So Absolutely. if you're not getting the sleep that you need, which, you know, might questionably be the case <laughs> based on how we met, um, then we, should, argue. We, might, we might need to chat more about this. I can't argue. So my, um, my Nana, who I would really love to, to interview on this podcast one day. So that's old school sleep habits, like gets, you know, the kids, her kids were in bed by seven o'clock, you know, mm -hmm. and she never co-slept, like none of those things. So when I, when she finds out that I'm sleeping most nights with one of my sons and not my husband, she's like, well, that's not good for the marriage, Krista, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't worry, Nana, we're home all day together. And then that, she's always really inappropriate. So that's where that oh conversation went. <laughs> oh, that's really, really funny. So then she starts talking to you about when you and your husband hook up during the daytime is oh, yeah. that where the conversation goes she, she literally says oh krista i know all about nooners oh gosh <laughs> how old is she nana it, that's my like my mom's mom right so oh my gosh he just turns hold on i'm turning 37 mom is 57 she's 20 years more than mom uh-huh so okay. her seven, so 77. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, she's awesome. That's so fantastic. Let's, let's dive into this. Okay. Yeah. So sleep. Now it is important for everyone. It's important mm -hmm. for our children. It's important for moms, even though we sometimes wish there was a hack. I know I totally, I've literally Googled how to sleep less and get right. more done. So there's no such thing. There Let's is talk to the mom first about why sleep important, is important. Why is sleep so important? I mean, this is there is 
so much research and evidence to back up the necessity of good sleep being no different than, than the necessity of fueling your body with healthy food and movement. It's in the exact same category. And when we are not getting a proper night's sleep on a regular basis, it affects every aspect of our lives. It affects our mood, our ability to regulate our emotions. We're not as patient as we usually are. We don't have the same type of attention to detail as we usually do. Something that might just tick us off a little bit makes us lose our shit. You know, yeah. there's, there's, we're, we're not the best version of ourselves. In fact, sometimes we are the worst version of ourselves when we are chronically mm -hmm. sleep deprived. And it's also a very known documented fact that chronic sleep deprivation can easily trigger depression, anxiety, or, you know, at best depression and anxiety like symptoms. And I know that that's something that I can relate to directly where thankfully on the one hand, um, I've, depression and anxiety has not been something I've, I've ever had to deal with. However, when I am sleep deprived, I absolutely experience symptoms that replicate identically depression and anxiety. Um, the reason why for me, it's not actual depression and anxiety is because as soon as I get a better night's sleep, I'm literally like back to my old self, you know, everything is hunky dory again. But you know, for somebody that somebody that is that is dealing with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety i mean this isn't this isn't just me saying this i mean any any specialist that counsels women that are dealing with uh, you know postpartum mental health issues will all say you must prioritize sleep because mm -hmm. without it you can't you can't possibly prioritize mental health and i think that that's something that we as women sometimes like to push aside because we want to tell ourselves, no, we're superhuman. We yeah. can survive on five hours of sleep while raising kids and making dinner and running a business. And quite frankly, that's, that's superwoman and superwoman doesn't exist, right? Superwoman's, mm. she's a cartoon, right? What? <laughs> yeah, that's all that she is. She's a freaking cartoon. She's not a real life human being. Um, real life, real life human beings that are living like that are are going to end up having a breakdown. Mm -hmm. And best case scenario is you're going to be barely keeping your head above water. And the reality is that you're not going to be able to bring the best version of yourself to your kids, to your partner, and definitely not to your business. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's why sleep is not something when pe that, that we just need to overlook. And, you know, all these jokes about being a, you know, chronically sleep deprived mom. Yes, they all mean well, and it's lighthearted. And, you know, we can joke about it because listen, you know, when my, even when my, my 15 month old was sick with a terrible cold last week, right? I had a few days of awful sleep deprivation myself. And yes, those jokes did make me feel a little bit better, but the reality is that in the bigger grand, grand scheme of things, it's actually really not that funny if that's mm -mm. something that someone is suffering with day in and day out because the kind of impact that it can have on every aspect of your life is massive. Absolutely. And, and so many things are coming to mind when you're just sharing this. Um, so I, I did um, have a, I would say more of a severe case of postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and it was devastating. Right. But the thing about it was that there's a real like self-love piece that did not exist in part of the healing at first. And that was because I felt so unworthy mm -hmm. because of how I was feeling as a mom right. that 
like like things like sleep and drinking water and like feeding like like basic necessities of life i didn't even feel deserving of right wow. so i think it and it, but it's like i remember i didn't get a good night's sleep until like literally i was drugged right. and and then i woke up i was like whoa like that's what rest feels like cuz at that point it was it had been like months yeah um, and it's so like sleep is such a beautiful gift. And I think if we have to really honor it as women in order, just like anything else to model it for our children. Yes. Um, yes. And I think the thing is, is that the second thing that came to mind when you were speaking was that growing up, um, my amazing, amazing mom, um, she, I always knew her to have dark circles under her eyes. Like, like she was always so tired and she would work midnights as a nurse wow. and then get up, make our, like not even get up, just like come home, uh, make our lunches, get us ready for school. And then like do all the things in the house and maybe get like three hours of sleep. Oh my right? gosh. And she did that for years. And then eventually she was hit with an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's sleep is non-negotiable. So for Mm-hmm. before we, we press record, you were getting into a bit for the ambitious mama, like for high performance. Yes. So for, for all your moms who are feeling good, if you want to do more, like you said, you need to, you need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and this sleep. isn't, this isn't just me. Like this is Brendan Bruchard, you know, who the reason why I love his book, high performance habits so much is because it's based on tons and tons of large numbers of evidence-based research where they Mm -hmm. did some really in-depth sociological type research looking at the different qualities that all of these high performers exhibited. And what he was saying, you know, one of the six habits is, gosh, I wish I had the book right here because I could refer to it, what exactly the wording was, but it's in a box because we're moving next week. But I know that one of the habits is really, really comes down to taking care of yourself. That's one of the six high performance habits that is absolutely essential for being the best version of yourself in the case of your business or in the case of work. And he specifically talks about the necessity of prioritizing a seven to eight hour stretch of sleep every single night, because without it, it means that you're not waking up with a full tank of gas. You're waking up with half a tank. And then that means that your business is only going to be getting 50% of you instead of 100%. And listen, I, I can speak I can speak to this personally where last week when I was up with up at night with my kid who was sick, the version of Eva that my business got the next day was, I would say, pretty subpar, if I have to be completely honest. And uh, listen, you can't, I, I you can't blame myself, you know, if I'm only getting two hours of sleep here and then three hours of sleep there throughout the night, that's the best that my business is going to get. But right now, as I'm talking to you, I had an eight hour stretch of sleep last night and I feel like a million bucks and my business is going to be able to get the best version of me this morning because of that. And so I would argue that investing in your sleep and investing in your kids' sleep is a direct investment into your business because you're investing in yourself. Beautiful. Now, what, what tips would you say before we dive into getting our kiddos to sleep better or babies? Um, what makes for quality sleep for you? So how can we up-level 
our quality of sleep in those seven hours? So I think one of the most important things is that it needs to be relatively uninterrupted. Yes, it's very normal for some people to, you know, wake up and need to use the bathroom once a night. But if, for example, if let's say you're co-sleeping with your little one and you are able to sleep next to your little one in your bed completely uninterrupted, that's fantastic. But if you're getting kicked in your stomach all night long and you're getting woken up every couple hours, you're not going to wake up feeling that great. And so if that's what's happening, then I would argue that co-sleeping with your little one is probably not an arrangement that's working so well for you because it's impacting your quality sleep. And so you're probably going to want to work towards transitioning your little one to his or her own sleep space. So quality is very, very important. And then I would also argue that consistency is very important. You know, the research on sleep shows that getting five hours of sleep one night and then 12 hours of sleep the next night is really not the same as getting seven to eight hours of sleep on a nightly basis. And I am personally totally guilty of trying to do that where I'll, and, and, and this was me in the past. And I, and I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I've really worked past that because I, I recognize that sleeping five hours, let's say Monday through Thursday, and then, you know, crashing on the weekend is just, it's, it's, it's not going to do it. You know, it's still going to be taking a toll on your body that your body needs that fuel, needs that sleep consistently consistently seven nights a week. So those are probably the two most important things is making sure that you're sleeping consistently that amount, as well as ensuring that it's uninterrupted and that you're not constantly getting woken up by external factors like your children that can likely be sleeping through the night by that point. Oh my gosh. So you can't get caught up on sleep. (laughs) <laughs> that is not what the current research shows on sleep. Oh, shoot. There goes that idea. It's kind of like eating, you know, yeah. can you, can you barely eat anything during the week and then stuff your face with food on the weekend to catch up? No, 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 it doesn't work. Doesn't, it doesn't work, you know? So that's why when people tell, you know, expecting moms sleep now while you can get as much, get, bank all the sleep that you can right now. Again, it's a well-meaning, you know, likely, you know, humorous thing to say, but the reality is that there is zero truth to the concept of banking sleep. Just like you can't bank food either. Oh, but you couldn't enjoy it. Enjoy the extra sleep while you have it. One hundred, one hundred percent. But you know, we're not, we're not bears that can, you know, stuff our faces with food for months on end and then hibernate and not eat. You know, just like we can't fill ourselves up to the brim with sleep and then be just fine not sleeping for three months. That's just not how our bodies work. Okay. Now, the other day when I was at the hair salon and I was, it was perfect timing, knowing that we were going to have this chat today. Um, I heard multiple comments just from different conversations I was overhearing saying, oh, my daughter is a night owl or my son, he's not a morning person and like talking about their kids, like their school age children. Um, What would you say to kind of those ideas or are they true? Um, Even if they are like, what do we do with that? Those beliefs or realities? I mean, I fully believe that there are kids and adults that are night owls and there are kids and adults that are morning people. I mean, I've, ever since I can remember, 
have been a night owl. Um, throughout high school, throughout university, I was never that person that would wake up at 6 a.m. and study. I'd be up until 3 a.m. to be able to study, right? And, um, and so, and so, I can't imagine that that's just a coincidence, right? That that's just, and, and to this day, if ever, let's say I have to get something done by a certain deadline, I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. to do that work. That being said, the reality is that if you have a child that is in school or in daycare and needs to be up by a certain hour in order to get to school on time, you can absolutely still shift the child's biological clock earlier or later, depending on when they need to be up. So, you know, simply saying my child's a night owl, so therefore he's going to sleep in until 9 a.m. and, you know, miss the first hour of school, that's something that you can absolutely avoid by simply getting the child up earlier so that he's more tired to go to bed earlier. Um, yes, I, while I do believe that us humans, you know, we're, we all have certain tendencies to either be up earlier or, you know, sleep later. Um, the reality is that if school starts at 8.30, right, then the child's desire to sleep in until 9 a.m., while I totally sympathize with that because that's totally how I'm wired as well, it kind of becomes irrelevant because the child's got to go to school. So all I would say to that parent is, look, by the time your child's in university, he'll be able to decide, he'll be able to schedule all of his classes, hopefully, and then he'll decide to schedule all of his classes for no earlier than 11 a.m., which may or may not have been my first year of university. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, I don't think, think I had any classes scheduled before 10, or I think, I think 10 a.m. was like early was one of my, oh my early God. classes. Yeah. 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 So, but you know, until then, unless your child is being homeschooled and you can have your child on his or her own completely separate schedule, um, we live in, you know, a society where things start early in the morning and they end in the early evening, you know, school doesn't start at noon and, and ends at 8 PM. That's just not yeah. the society that we live in. And so I think we, we need to do our child that service to get them on a schedule that works for the world that we live in. Absolutely. And I think it's also like the idea of forming habits, right? right. Um, just like you were saying with the consistency, um, many of the guests so far um, on the podcast have spoken about the the real importance of waking up before your children right? and starting your day early, like Robin Sharma's 5am club, even yes. if it's not 5am, just like even 15 minutes before just to have that time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's like the early bird catches the worm, right? So even if our child has learned that they enjoy staying up later and sleeping in, I think it's part of like their life skills in order to be successful, to mm -hmm. be up and at them, right? For sure. I mean, listen, that was always, that's always been a very big challenge for me being a natural night owl. Um, the fact that I, again, I live in North America where when I was working, you know, outside the home, I had to be at the office for 830, right? Whereas my body, I just, not even my body, I, I just wanted to naturally still be sleeping at 830, but that's just not how the world works. So yeah, I really had to train myself to be in bed at 11 so I could be up at seven and be not only at the office for 8.30, but be a functioning human being <laughs> with her brain that was turned on by 8.30, which is easier for some people than it is for others, but it's life, 
right? That's it's life. And they're, they're really, again, unless your child is homeschooled and you can keep him or her on their own completely separate schedule, there just isn't much that we can do about that. But yeah. I do sympathize with the child that wants to stay up late and sleep in because that's, that's me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would rather do that too, right? It's yeah. like when everyone else is sleeping or just, you know, working all night long. But I just, yeah. That's it's when my brain really turns on. My brain turns on at that. Absolutely. Hour. And, and I really need to, you know, tell myself I've given myself a bedtime, you know, my bedtime yeah. is 1130. So that, and it's, and I have to be very strict with myself. Otherwise I pay the price the next day. You do. And sometimes mm -hmm. for days after too. For sure. All right. Okay. So my sister, so my sister is definitely an ambitious mama of four little ones. Wow. Okay. Um, and she's not a business owner, but she has a very uh, ambitious career. Mm -hmm. um, now she was reading a book and I, I don't know the title. Maybe you'll know what I'm talking about, but it was basically like how the French parent. Okay. And, and it was really about the 7 a.m., 7 a.m., the 7 p.m. bedtime. Uh -huh. And it's like, no matter what happens, the kids are in their rooms at seven. They don't, they, that's, they, like, they, that's when parenting is kind of like done. The, mm -hmm. the door is shut and they can stay up, they can read a book, but it's like, that is their time and they need to go in their room. And then mom and dad have a glass of wine and they connect and they talk and they have like some adult time. Right. Um, and she read this and she was like, oh my God, I need to do this. Right. Yes. Because, um, you know, having four children under the age of eight, so, so the youngest has just turned three, yeah. and, and working like long hours and like career hours, right? So she really is aiming to apply this. And so what would you say to someone who is like going from not a really strict routine, but doing their best, but maybe it's in the midst of like chaos of little ones. Maybe they have, yeah. you know, a handful of kids. Yeah. Where yeah. do they even start? I think that implementing a strict earlier bedtime, maybe not necessarily seven o'clock, maybe seven thirty. maybe it might be a little bit different depending on the age of the child. I think that for your sister, it's going to be life-changing because it means, and again, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out something else that I learned from, from Brendan Burchard's book. It was, this is not a plug, by the way, for his book. We are in no way affiliated with his book, but it really is a great one. You know, something else. And this for me personally was a huge aha moment. You know, the light bulb totally went on reading this. I can't remember which of these habits he was, we're talking about, but he was talking about how awful multitasking can be. And that sometimes what we try and do is we yes. try and do literally a million things at once where we're with yeah. our kids and we're on our phone, emailing a client and we're, you know, talking on the phone, dealing with, you know, our internet provider and, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to talk at, and make dinner and you're trying to do a million things at once. And the reality is that you can't give 100% of yourself no. to five different things at once. You can't. Mm -hmm. And so the mm -hmm. end result is from a sheer high performance standpoint that all these various different parties are not gonna get the best of you. And so instead, what he was talking about is when you are with your kids, you should be with 
your kids and not with anyone else. When you are on a date with your husband, you are on a date with your husband. You're not also emailing clients and you know responding to Instagram DMs. Like you are out with your husband so that your husband can get 100% of you. When you are working, you are working. You are not, you don't also have the TV on. You're not also, you know, listening to music. I mean, unless music helps you work, which for me, it's a distraction. So I'm just using that as an example. And then this way, when you are able to focus on one thing and one thing only, you can hit multiple home runs in terms of the quality of, yeah. of yourself that you are able to offer people. And yeah. so I would imagine that, you know, your high performing sister, if her kids are, you know, up until eight thirty, nine o'clock on a regular basis, I would bet my bottom dollar that they're up, but she also might have the TV on and maybe she's also responding to emails and she's also, you know, doing, this is what we all struggle with. And it's so funny because I even remember going for job interviews and, you know, they asked the same classic question, like, what would you say are your strengths? And you know what I would always say, and that was considered to be a right answer is I'm a great multitasker. That yeah. was always my answer, right? Or that was one of my, you know, key answers. Like, I'm so great at handling, you know, doing lots of things at once. And the reality is that, yes, there are times in our lives as busy moms where we have no choice but to multitask. And it just means because you're in survival mode, there's just a million things that absolutely have to get done all at once. You have to feed your kids dinner and, you know, you have to take a really important phone call, but it's not ideal. It really no. isn't. It's absolutely not mm. ideal. And for me, considering how many times I had told interviewers how great of a multitasker I am, it made me go, wow, something that I was bragging about that I'm able to do throughout my entire day isn't actually a good thing to be bragging about. Because again, it just means that I'm doing a number of things sort of kind of okay, you know, good yeah. enough, as opposed to doing one thing at a time, but doing it amazingly. So mm -hmm. I think from a sheer high performance standpoint, having your kids go to bed earlier, but putting your phone away, turning the TV off, turning your computer off, and just being able to focus on your kids, it means that for that shorter period of time, they're going to get the best version of mommy and daddy. And then the kids are in bed, whether it's, again, I'm not a firm believer that seven o'clock on the dot has to be bedtime. You know, my, my girls that are eight and six, they go to bed for eight, right? But that's, but they also sleep in until seven. So that's, they're not up at six, they're up at seven. So for us, that schedule works, but they have a set, very strict bedtime, which means that from eight o'clock onwards, I can spend time with my husband and be able to give him an uninterrupted version of me. I don't have to, he doesn't have to share me and the kids until nine or 9.30. And then perhaps after I spend some time with my husband, I can do work for a couple hours and just focus on work. And I have found reading that specific piece of advice to be really groundbreaking for me because I totally was that person that tried multitasking and doing everything at once. And I, and I recognized that all the people I was trying to serve at one point were not getting the best version of Eva Klein. So I think, Absolutely. I think that your sister's life and every aspect of it is going to improve remarkably by being able to um, have a strict earlier bedtime for the kids. As long as the mindset is they're going to bed earlier, but during this period, they're just getting me. Nobody yeah. else is getting me during this time period. Yeah, absolutely. And I often talk about the analogy of like, and I, I learned it from 
um, one of my mentors, Leanne Jacob, and I think she explained it differently, but then I adapted it to 10, every morning, imagine you get 10 golden coins and the coins represent energy that you can spend, right? So this has helped me throughout the years to kind of evaluate like how effectively I'm using my energy and making sure I still have coins at the end of the day to, for my husband, for the kids, for myself, right? Mm -hmm. But oftentimes when I find that I'm spending it all during the day, maybe that resulted that started the night before with not getting enough sleep. And then I'm go, 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 go all day trying to do, 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 do. And then, you know, the kids come off the bus. It's like, okay, now dinner. And oh my God, now what do they want? What do they, and I need to give them all that I have, but also all the things that I'm still trying to do. And then I'm so burnt out. Right. right? And then I just pass out with my kids. So the kids didn't actually get the best of me. just like you said, because I didn't spend those credits wisely. Right. And, you know, they were, they weren't spent intentionally, which um, we were just talking about, like really the intention behind everything that we're doing on the last episode with Sarah um, Rosensweet. And it was just like, the intention is so important behind, you know, and I think I'm not even sure who said it previously, but our kids don't need hours of quality time from us. No, they don't. They need like 15 minutes of just yes. like unplugged on the floor or like whatever they want to do. And that's, that counts way more. Yes. Yes. Quality over quantity mm-hmm. is massive. And I think that us working moms, again, whether or not, you know, you're working for another company or you're running your own business, I think that a lot of the time we feel so much guilt around working that we're sending our kids, you know, off to daycare or the kids are in nursery school or, and they're not home with us. And we think that there, there sometimes is this, um, this notion that what's best is, you know, for us to be with our kids all day and all night. And really that's, that's not the case that, Mm -hmm. um, our kids emotional needs are absolutely fulfilled. You know, getting that special connection time for a 15 to 20 minute period of day goes just as far as spending longer periods with them. And I think that we often underestimate that, or I guess Mm -hmm. overestimate how much of us we need, where Mm -hmm. really this is it's the, the quality that goes so much further than spending hours and hours of time with our kids, but, you know, being on the phone three quarters of the time. Yeah. And I think that goes for probably all aspects of our life as well. Yes. Like, I don't think to fill our own personal buckets, we don't need, you know, an entire spa day, but we do need just that unplugged time in the bath or reading a book. A 30 minute workout. 30 minute workout. Mm. Shoot a 10 minute workout. (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yeah. I know 30 minutes is sometimes you're, you're aiming high, but a 10 minute workout can absolutely release some endorphins and go a long way. Walking around the block. Right. But I think, I think what we uncovered during this conversation um, because of your amazing advice is multitasking, like let's stop that. And let's really use our time so much more effectively. And the reason why we're probably not sleeping and our, maybe our kids as well is because there's so much going on. Would you say? Like potentially, 
I think it depends. Listen, obviously every family is different. Um, if a, you know, if a, I'll, I'll tell you this, a baby that is a healthy baby that's over the age of eight months and up can absolutely be sleeping through the night on a regular basis. No okay. question about it. Independently in their own sleep space, as long as, you know, the child is healthy and everything is stable at home, which, you know, let's face it for the most part, it, you know, the vast majority of families, that's absolutely the case. Thank God for that. Um, then, you know, I think that we often underestimate what our kids are able to do in the sleep department and not, yeah. and I think that we often, you know, don't realize that habits can form so easily with babies and young children for no other reason than it just becomes a habit. Um, mm -hmm. It's not always something that the baby or the child is consciously thinking about. You know, I want to wake up for a fifth time tonight to nurse. You know, that's, that's not usually what it is. It's just more like this is, you have to remember that for babies and young children, you know, critical thinking skills are not their strong suit, right? So they this just- makes they, so much sense. They get into habits just cause, just because it became a habit. This is just what they know. And unlike adults, we as adults, we have the ability to say, you know what? Even though this has been my morning routine or my my something that I do throughout the day, I now recognize that this isn't good for me. And even mm -hmm. though this my knee jerk reaction is staying, you know, I used to drink. Right now, I'm drinking a tea. Right, this is just a black tea here. I used to drink a very very sugary coffee type type drink every morning that probably had more sugar in it than you're supposed to eat throughout the day. Um, that's what I had in my one coffee. Um, and it was really yummy. I mean, of course, cause it had like, I don't know, probably 30 grams of sugar in it. Um, but I had the ability to say, you know what? About a year ago, I'm done drinking sugary coffee every single day. I'm going to switch it up and replace it with a black tea with stevia. And that's what I've been drinking for about a year now. Uh, a baby or a young child doesn't have the ability to say, you know what, even though my habit is to wake up, you know, once, twice, five times a night to eat, you know, for a bottle or to nurse or to be rocked back to sleep or whatnot, this isn't really so good for me because I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be crankier the next day. My mom's going to be crankier the next day. And <laughs> this isn't really so good for us. So, I'm just going to sleep straight through. That's just not how babies and young children tick. They just, they don't have that ability cognitively yet to yeah. be able to think like that. And so, you know, I think that's what we have to remember. And, and I think that's why a lot of the time we underestimate what babies and kids are able to do. And we're often afraid to make changes, you know, thinking, oh, well, maybe this is something that they really, really need. Not realizing that when ha habits and behaviors can exist, can, can exist independently of whatever emotional needs that we think that they might have. They might exist for, for no other reason than this is the habit or routine that emerged. And oftentimes if we want to change that up, and we want to introduce new habits, we have to kind of jump in and do that ourselves. But it's absolutely 100% worth it if it means that your entire family becomes more well-rested in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> oh my God, you're just like, I'm just like, oh man, I get it now. I finally get it. Because so my little guy, Marcus is five uh -huh. and I, I've co-slept with him forever, but he nursed like woke up all night long until he was like three. Okay. And nursed all night long. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, that's just what he does. <laughs> right. But the, the thing is, is 
I never took the time to, to stop and think, even though if my husband was here, he'd be like, I told you this. I've been telling you this for five years. <laughs> Why don't you listen to anyone but me? I'm like, you take the expert or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but I think that's the thing is like, I think we have to stop and ask ourselves, like, is it just easier to keep doing what we're doing? Right. And, and it's something that Sarah said on the last episode was, I, I love you enough to not like, to, it's, it's like, even though it's easier to let you do this, mm-hmm. it's easier to continue in this pattern that we've been doing. I love you enough to stop to make change, you're, to make change, even yeah. though you're, you're temporarily going to be unhappy. Yes. And yes. I'm, and I can be okay and confident as a mom with you being unhappy temporarily Yes, for the betterment of your like life. 100%. I was like, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. so applicable to sleep. You know yes. I could never, never deal with letting my kid cry it out. Like right. I don't, that's just not in me. And we don't have to do that. I, you know, I think that that's also a really big misconception that, you know, people think that you've got two choices. You either have to mm-hmm. plunk your baby in the crib and let them scream all night, or you have to co-sleep with them until they're 18. You know, you I have, actually you didn't know that there was an option C. There, there <laughs> is an option C. So I'm going to blow your mind right now. And, or maybe you did know, maybe when your husband was yelling, there is an option C. And, but it's, you know what? It, it usually takes a third party to I be know. able to. Sorry, um, honey. <laughs> no, my, if, if it makes you feel any better when it comes to other aspects of our life, my husband has always been, has, often is that guy. And then I'll say to him, honey, you won't believe what I learned. And he's like, I've been telling you to do that for two years already. (laughs) But of course you go and buy a course for $2,000 and this guy tells you to do X, Y, Z. So, um, no, that's, that's totally something that, that I can relate to, but no option C really is coming up with an emotionally supportive, gentle, gradual sleep plan that for the record, isn't too gradual because we don't want things to be just dragging on and on and on and on. You know, when we're going to start, we're going to make changes, but you can absolutely be there, be in the room, be with your child or baby in a supportive manner so that you're not just leaving them to figure out these big changes by themselves. And Mm -hmm. yes, option C usually does involve crying. Why? Mm -hmm. Because this is different than what Mm -hmm. they're used to right? Mm -hmm. They're used to a certain set of routines that again, they don't recognize are not good for them because they don't have critical thinking skills yet, Mm -hmm. right? We're Mm -hmm. the adults with the critical Mm -hmm. thinking skills. So they're going to push back because it's different than what they're used to. But there are absolutely approaches that we can use that would allow you to be there in a supportive manner to help your little one through this learning process so that you can still make big, massive changes in the sleep department, but do so in a way that your little one isn't figuring this out all by himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's an option C, mamas. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a very, very big option C. It's not, um, it's, it's, it's a, there's a massive happy medium. And I would, I would honestly say like, that's, that is my specialty because the vast majority of people that are coming to me are not interested in letting their little one cry it out. But at the same time, they're not interested in remaining sleep deprived forever either. 
Yes. So they're they're taking the responsible mom approach. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> where would these moms start? So what is to work with you, to learn from you, to just to begin this journey and to learn more about absolutely sleep. <laughs> so I would tell them, you know, you can head to my website at mysleepingbaby.com. I work with families one-on-one. I've got one-on-one consultations. I also have an online membership coaching program called the Sleep Bible that they can join as well. All the information is on my website, but I actually have a free download for your listeners if they if they want to get started on implementing some healthy sleep habits. It's my healthy sleep guide, which contains my top seven sleep tips that they can utilize immediately to get their baby or child sleeping. So, um, I guess I'll send you the link so that you can, you can forward it on, you can post it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. My healthy sleep guide, right? Yeah. It's, it's the, my sleeping baby, you know, sleep guide that has my my top seven sleep tips. Send it over. I'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Okay. So Eva, this has been so incredible. Um, I know that it's right now where it's almost Christmas. I'm not sure when everyone is going to listen to this, but it's almost Christmas time. Yes. Do you have anything that you wanted to share with all the mamas listening on? Let's see here. They're getting ready for this new year and they're probably setting some intentions, maybe some resolutions, goals. What would you say? And it could be sleep related or not, but as an ambitious mama, Mm -hmm. as a mom who is, you know, striving to be the best as a mom and also in business, like what, what, what's, where are you focusing on? What do you think that we should take a look at? Ourselves. That's really the main thing. We, we matter. And when we are at 100%, everybody around us benefits. Uh, and I think that that's honestly where regular self-care comes in and self-care mm-hmm. can and should include a seven to eight hour stretch of sleep at night on a regular basis, because it means that when we wake up the next morning, our partners, our kids, and our business all get the best version of ourselves. And I think that the whole notion of being, you know, this like run down, go, 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 doesn't ever stop mom. I think that that's, that, that goal needs to, it's a, it's an awful goal to have. It shouldn't be a goal. I think it just needs to be pushed out the window because running yourself down will, will lead to a breakdown. And then when you break down everybody around you, no, no one gets any version of you when, Mm -hmm. when you run yourself to the ground and it's not something that we should be aiming for anymore. And this is an evidence-based suggestion. This isn't just me spewing random things, you know, take care of yourself, you matter. I mean, you take, take care of yourself and you matter. And then the research shows that everybody around you, including your business, is going to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been seeing like different, um, you know, women on, on Instagram talking about radical self-care. And I'm like, what the heck is radical self-care? And then what I've realized in these conversations is, it's just radical to actually practice self-care. It's not the norm. Yeah. The yeah. norm is that those memes with the, the mom with the messy hair and the coffee mug and it's like 10th cup of coffee or something like it. Like that's like what's norm and what's celebrated. But like, just like you said, there's no prize for the no. most exhausted mom. You w- you'll probably get a, a prize of maybe like a, a 
disorder or a disease or an illness or a burnout or a breakup. And like, I don't no want that prize. prizes. No, no. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants that. And you know what? I mean, to give, to give ourselves like the benefit of the doubt here, I think the, the reality is that the whole notion of the, the working woman, the working mom, you know, the women in the boardroom, the woman on, you know, the executive board or, you know, running a business, it's a fairly new phenomenon when you think yeah. about it in the grand scheme of things in terms of civilization. And so I think us as a gender, we're still trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. How, how the heck, because for so long there was, unfortunately, and I would say that that is an unfortunate thing, that there was no such thing as, you know, the female outside leader in the world of, you know, the boardroom and businesses and whatnot. So um, I think that I think that this generation moving into 2020 is hopefully, you know, really beginning to realize that the way that we used to try living our lives, you know, we can, we finally are in the boardroom. We finally are able to run businesses. We, and we are taken seriously. We are mm -hmm. moving towards being treated, you know, as arguably, you know, and equal to, you know, our male counterparts in terms mm -hmm. of work, in terms of business, but yet, it, it does not mean and it should not mean that we are running ourselves into the ground in order to be able to make to to accomplish that and so given that this is still such a new world you know the whole mm -hmm. notion of the working mom we're still trying to figure it out but i think that what we're all as a gender figuring out that we need to take care of ourselves in order for this to work mm -hmm. just like our male counterparts, you know, are managing to, to take care of themselves as well. So yeah. we, we need that self-care just as much as they do. That's such an important point. And we could probably have a, like a second episode of just about this topic, but you're, yeah. you're right. Like, and I'm actually surrounded by women, um, myself included, who earn more than their uh, spouses or are the main um, financial provider. Right. Um, but there's still not like the equal division of, of household domestic duties or, no. or even, even the emotional load. Yes. And I don't know how that's actually can be divided or even if women want to let it go, to be honest, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's Absolutely. Like there, I'm not sure who said it to me, but I've definitely said it a million times since they told me it, like being a mom, it's like, it's like your heart is walking around in the world, like out of your body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now we're going on to a totally other topic, but it's That's like, so cool. we need to sleep. We need to sleep. <laughs> and we need to be thinking of, we need to constantly, I, I think that, yeah, we as moms were, we have so many other things to think about, right. That yeah. might not necessarily Yes, they take up time, but it also takes up room in our brains. So, yes. you know, something that I'm literally in the midst of like offloading to a program that is going to do this work for me is dinner. So dinner has something, this is something that I've been going on Instagram and talking about because lately with three kids and a husband and a business, I don't have the mental load in my brain to constantly be thinking about dinner as somebody who prioritizes healthy meals. You know, I yeah. don't want to be feeding my kids chicken nuggets all the time. I think yeah. there is room in life for chicken nuggets, you know, the odd <laughs> time because that's just life, but I don't want that to become a regular, but at the same time, constantly having to think about, do I have onions? Do I have potatoes? Do I have carrots? Do I have chicken? Do I have, I want to make this recipe. Does my freeze, does my freezer and fridge have all that? 
on a daily basis is a lot. And so I'm, once I move, I'm literally going to be starting a whole freezer batch meal cooking system so that I literally make a whole whack load of dinners once every month. I throw them into my freezer and then I don't have to think about dinner for a month. That is something that I am doing that I'm kind of like taking control over my mental load because with dinner on top of everything else I've got going on in my life, I haven't had a chance to just not think, which is it which is a problem, right? It yeah. just means that, you know, you feel just emotionally ragged. So I think to go back to your original question, what should we all be doing in, you know, 2020? We need to be prioritizing ourselves. We need to be offloading as much of the thinking as we can to, you know, wonderfully created computer programs and memberships that can do that work for us, mm -hmm. potentially offload some of what we're doing to our partners if that's possible. And then, you know, just begin to prioritize, okay, is this something that I really need in my life or is this something I can push to the side for now? So that's one thing that I'm doing. Beautiful. I'm, I'm actually going to record um, a meditation. I think this is going to be the next episode where it starts with, wouldn't it be nice if, and then we just literally just allow our minds to just really start to fantasize and daydream on what that looks like. Wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to worry about dinner? Yeah, And there's literally things that we can do to make our life easier and to yes. prioritize our own well-being. Yes. The like well online grocery delivery yeah. and batch freezer meal system. So I don't know how yeah. we have to worry about that. Maybe wouldn't it be nice if I had a personal chef? Maybe we can't do that tomorrow, but mm -hmm. there's something else that can get us closer. <laughs> yes. No, I used to fantasize about having a personal chef. You know how amazing that would be? And then that I was like, happen. I was like well, right now that's not happening, but what's, you know, the next best thing, having a freezer of, you know, 40 different dinners that I can choose from for tonight. Yes. And then the hubs can just get it ready. <laughs> yeah. Throw it in the Instapot. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you so much, Eva, for being here. I really, really appreciate your time, your knowledge, your passion. Thank you so much for having me, Krista. This has been great. Thank you. And I'll let you know um, what new sleeping habits we are going to apply in the Rialba household over here. <laughs> I'm excited for you. And I hope that I've given you some inspiration to make the changes that it sounds like you guys are ready for. You have. And just like, I think anything it's the mom, I think once the mom decides it's all, it's all going to be well from there. Oh, 100%. I feel it when you were speaking, I feel it in my gut. Like I was not ready to make the decision. Uh -huh. And you that's know? okay. That's a little awareness there. But it's also totally fine for you to say this was nice while it lasted and it worked oh, so sad. until now. <laughs> and now we're going to make some changes. And oh, it's okay that up until now, it worked beautifully. This isn't working anymore. And, um, and be grateful for the arrangement that worked until now and then be excited for some bigger and better changes. Okay. Okay. I have some journaling to do on this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Thank holidays. you so much. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks, Eva. Bye. Bye. So we're going to get a better night's sleep, ladies. <laughs> that was a great episode. It was such a fun conversation. 
So head on over to mysleepingbaby.com and check out the resources that Eva has. As well, you can head on over to Facebook and just search the uh, name My Sleeping Baby and you're going to find a private group that she has available as well as her page and you can connect with her that way. And again, another shout out to our sponsor, Pure Rest from USANA. Uh, ladies, our life is full of demands, so many demands. We wear so many hats and we are required to show up physically, mentally, and emotionally, ideally, uh, for everything that our life has for us, right? Everything our children, you know, have going on and things are planned and they're not planned and we need to really be at our best. And that does require seven to eight hours of sleep every night, just as Eva shared with us. So Pure Rest can definitely help you. It's a fast-acting melatonin supplement, the best of the best, pure. You can trust it, and it supports your body's natural sleep and wake cycle. So it will get you to sleep faster and help you to have a deeper sleep. So this is such a great investment, and it's really, really affordable. Um, I think it's like under 20 bucks, right? So really a great thing to have in your evening routine. So thanks again to Eva, you guys, and go check her out, mysleepingbaby.com, and let's all sleep like a baby. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk soon. Bye.